Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSE podcast. Uh, we've got a great topic today. Uh, we talk a lot about something called couples check-ins, mm. uh, something that uh, with our, with all of our clients, and we, we do a lot of this on our Dare to Connect program, <clears throat> teaching people how to do couples check-ins, um, preferably daily, but at least yes. you know multiple times a week. And we wanted to address that today. Uh, one of the things that we run into with couples check-ins is there are a lot of barriers mm -hmm. that can get in the way of you doing a couples check-in. And so before we get to those barriers, let's just talk real quick about what is a couples check-in and why is it so essential to relationship success? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. I, you know, I, I know you do the same, Mark. I mean, we check-ins next to journaling. Daily journaling is probably the thing that I almost universally assign to clients I'm working with, you know, in a betrayal, trauma, or um, addiction situation. Um, you know, for so many reasons that we talk about, and we don't have time to expand on it here. Again, we'd love to have you guys come and and we 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 actually had a really good segment on this the other day about the reasons why things like check-ins are so essential because of trauma and how the traumatized brain will fill in unknown information with the oh, worst case yeah. scenarios right um again please come come join us if you haven't already two-week trial you can grab on that and check out more about it at dare to connect now.com um but there but for a variety of reasons right transparency in a coupleship is absolutely critical to healing betrayal trauma and maintaining connection following betrayal and part of the hard dynamic of that is that even though couples need this what's the very first thing that goes out the window when betrayal happens, right? It's not communication, communication, yep. right? But spouse pulls back either because of mm. past deception or past hurt or both. And so the very thing that's going to heal this relationship is the very first casualty, right? That, that, uh, that, that takes place. 
and couples check in. I mean, we we have clients do these for probably 50 different reasons. But one of the primary reasons is it's a structured, patterned way of maintaining some level of dialogue and transparency when if the coupleship were left to itself, it would not happen, at least on the level that it needs to for healing. Exactly. Right. Before oh. couples know it is, you know, when there's addiction and betrayal and all the, and then just regular life, all the stress and pressures that go on. Yes. Before you know what's happened, you've become married singles. You've become ships that pass in the night, right? You're just like, when, when did we drift apart? What happened? Yeah, absolutely. And so having a, having a formal couples check-in so that it's, it's a reminder, it's an expectation that this is going to take place. You've just got to do that or you'll just lose track. Yeah. My wife was actually talking to me about a good friend of hers uh, that she's close to. That's she's a good bit older than my wife, but they're they're close. And um, they, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that she's not a ton older than than us. We, my wife and I, don't have kids yet, and so when other couples who had kids at kind of a earlier stage, when we talk to them, we feel really young because they have like you know all their kids are leaving the house and we haven't had kids yet. We're just oh. starting that process. But anyway, she was talking about how their kids are leaving the house, right? This coupleship and their marriage has been really good. They've mm-hmm. raised the kids together. Like it's been awesome. But, but this wife uh, was, was talking with my wife a few weeks back and there's a real fear for her because she's just now occurring to her. Their last child is going to be graduating from high school this year. Mm. And she's looking ahead a little bit and thinking, what the crap do we do with each other now? Right. They've spent so much time raising the kids and taking them on trips as a family and going to their soccer games and, you know, pursuing all the pursuits for the kids. And they haven't been taking the time like they probably should have been to the degree that they should have been nurturing the relationship. And even though it's a really exciting time to kind of be empty nesters, she's kind of scared because she's sort of like, what are we going to talk about? I know, right? You know, like we don't <clears throat> even, we haven't really. Like we've, it's not that we've hated each other. And it's not like we haven't been connected. We we have sex somewhat regularly and we, you know, we, we love each other, but everything has revolved for so long around other topics. How do we work on us now? Yeah. And that's just, that's regular relationships that don't have the added exactly. back of addiction and betrayal exactly. trauma. Exactly. For sure. You know, so even more critical. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the barriers. What gets in the way? And we, you and I see this with our clients a ton. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the obvious one is time constraints, right? We're let both spouses work. We're busy. Uh, so we've got our own schedules. We, if you've got kids, especially young kids or oh, well, man. teens for that, for that matter. I yes. mean, it's just, there's just so many constraints with, with just time and schedules and calendars. And it, it just, before you know it, the day's done and you're, you know, you're collapsing on your pillow and you haven't, you haven't checked in. Well, see, and that right there is the key, I think, because most couples who don't have this de- the structure of this down really well and don't have the priorities structured the way they need to, it's not that they don't have time. What I see more commonly with couples is they get to that point, but they have expended all of their best selves on everything else. Yes. And the check-in, the most important thing for the relationship, especially in a healing dynamic, you know, they're, they're, they're running on fumes. And so what happens? Either the check-in just doesn't happen, or I literally talked to a couple a few weeks back and it just makes me chuckle thinking about it, where they were laying in bed and the husband literally, like they were going to sleep and he was like, he sighed and he's like, crap, we didn't do check-ins. She's like, what? 
Like they're half asleep already. He's like, we didn't do check-ins. Steve's going to kick our butt if we didn't do check-ins. That was our goal this week. And so they proceeded to do this half-hearted check-in because we were meeting the next day. Uh-huh. And he's like, emotionally, it's been okay today. I'm kind of tired. Um, you know, but I love you. I'm, I want this marriage to work. And she kind of half-heartedly responded. You know, they're trying to be sincere, but again, there's no, they're, they're running on fumes. And so how, how, how connecting was that check-in? <laughs> yeah not did, yeah did it do something probably yeah did it do met much <clears throat> probably not <laughs> well and in that one you know waiting till you're out of gas and you're just sort of you know got to check in and you're nodding <laughs> off easily then sets you up and and adds fuel to the fire to the next barrier which is just plain old volatility yes right there's been trauma you, you've betrayed me as an addict. Now I've learned, you know, that the disclosure day has happened or is about to or whatever. And there's all this baggage. And so now when I try to communicate with you, all that comes flooding into me as somebody in betrayal trauma. And then his shame kicks in, right? And then conflict arises. The old communication styles, old bad communication styles easily default in. And when you're tired, all of what I just said, happens at the snap of a finger. Yes. I mean, it happens, it happens even when you're in a good place, mm-hmm. but if you wait until, you know, I did till the very end when your gas tanks are empty, just don't be surprised if it turns into a crap show. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so true. Right. And you know that, and, and you know, what complicates this even more is oftentimes when we're working with couples, there will be a partner that's resistant to this process. Sometimes yeah. it's the addict, sometimes it's the partner for a whole variety of reasons that we don't have time to talk about today, but oftentimes kind of tied in. And sometimes it's due to that volatility, right? And so what that is a mistake that couples sometimes will make in different areas, including check-ins where we'll give the assignment and they want to jump into a check-in when, you know, that's going to be a deep 30 minute conversation when the relationship is not capable of sustaining that kind of intimate contact yet. Right. Yes. Um, for whatever reason. So that can get in the way. Um, another big one that's really important um, is this difficulty around concentrating or focusing for extended periods of time. And we see this all the time with both our addict clients as well as the partners that we work with. If you look at trauma and you look at ADHD or ADD-like symptomology, and I want to be clear, not every addict is an ADD diagnosis or an ADHD diagnosis. However, because of how addiction works in the brain and because of the rewiring that happens, most of the guys, if not all, do struggle to some degree with ADD slash ADHD-like symptomology where they have a hard time concentrating. They easily focus on the next shiny object, right? They're easily distracted and and they're prone to dissociation or zoning out. Trauma victims, for a whole set of different reasons, struggle with the same symptomology. And so when you're trying to sit down and engage in something that is emotionally deep and connected, that risk for dissociating or an inability to focus and stay present is quite high. Oh, yeah. And so long-term sustained check-ins in the early stages of this may not, literally may not be possible despite your best efforts because your brain is not wanting to be in that uncomfortable space. Yeah. And, and, a, and a partner who's been betrayed, she might just say, I have no space for this at all. Right. Sure. She says, I don't want to see your face. I don't want to hear your voice. Yeah. Let's, I, let's do a check-in with you. Yeah, I can't even. I'm not doing a check-in, you know, and, and we guys, 
who modeled to us, who, who taught us how to be emotionally transparent and vulnerable and open and expressive and all of this stuff. We don't know how Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Absolutely. And so all of that stuff piles up in trying to start this check-in process. Yep. So we, so for all these reasons, right, we oftentimes set off with these great intentions, but it doesn't actually happen. So what we want to introduce to you guys is something that we, this is just one of the many tools that we give to our couples in, in uh, the Dare to Connect program. And uh, we, we share tons of these all the time this month right now, the theme in, in Dare to Connect is thinking errors. And again, we'd love to have you join us. Come check that out at daretoconnectnow.com, grab a couple of week free trial and, and see what it's about. Um, but we did want to introduce this tool to you called uh, D2C Core Couples Check-Ins. Okay, so this is uh, this is something that we talk about often. We haven't named it up until today, but when when we're up against these barriers with check-ins for all of the different reasons, what we've done is we've dialed down and kind of concentrated based on Mark and I's combined, you know, forty years of experience doing this work professionally and personally, is a really concentrated form of check-ins that any couple can can and should be able to tackle, even if it's through email. Worst case scenario, okay, right? It involves three questions. Okay, and also provide some good accountability um, for, for uh, you know how to how to keep the relationship on track and to get it to a better place. So I'll I'll cover the first step and we'll just kind of alternate and go through these. So first one, did I fight for my partner today? Right. Uh, if, if that's my first question, I'm going to a- answer for, to my partner in terms of accountability. Did I fight for this relationship today? And how did I do it? And why did I do it? What were my motivations? How did that actually happen? And that's, and each of these questions requires specific answers. Okay. It should be noted that this goes beyond just the normal stuff. Okay. Um, even though, you know, going to work or the normal things may all technically fall under that guys, what is some way in which I selectively targeted my partner today and said, you know, this, I, I am fighting for you. I'm pushing for, for change. I'm pushing for healing. Okay. So that would be the first step. Well, and and uh, we'll give a quick example. So if I'm if I'm a guy in recovery or trying to get into recovery, and I want to share with my my partner quickly how I fought for us today, I'll say, you know what, I was uh, it was lunchtime, uh, and I was over at the mall grabbing a bite, and my brain wanted to do my typical scanning of all of the attractive women in the in the mall there, and I shifted out of that because I was thinking mm. of you. Yep. Like, nope, I'm fighting for us. <clears throat> I'm fighting for this relationship. And I didn't go there. That that's that's what that's one way I fought for us today. Yeah. There you go. And it's like, yeah. why did I do this? So I said how I did it. Why did I do it? Because I I care about this relationship. I know that I haven't shown that in many ways in the past, but I but I but I care now and I'm fighting now. Yeah. No, absolutely. <clears throat> right. And so and that that piece of it is so important, right? And we'll talk about these kind of as a whole at, at why this is a good methodology once we get to the end of these steps. Uh, so question two, did I feel fought for mm. right, by my partner today? Same question. Again, here's accountability on a different level, right? I'm not now, this is not about judging your partner, okay? We want to be clear about that. This is not a saying, did you fight? Did they fight for me or not? Okay, that's not a judgment call. This is all about, did I feel fought for, right? So in other words, was what they were doing today, did it resonate with me and what things did? 
right? How did they resonate with me? What things stuck out in the day where I'd look back and I'm like, you know what? That was him or her really pushing for us, pushing for me, right? Trying to trying to make this relationship better. And again, same thing, be specific. How did that impact you? And why do you feel like it resonated so much? Did it resonate? How did it resonate in in the context of, you know, the trust and, and trauma issues that are that are in uh, in play in the relationship, right? So that's that would yeah. be the second question. Um, so again, an answer if we give a quick example would be, you know, for example, let's say I let's say that I didn't feel fought for my partner today, right? By my fought for by my partner. There again, we're not telling them that they didn't, but we would answer, you know, this is, you know, today I don't think that I I did feel fought for, but I'm interested to hear from you and your side of check-ins if if you felt like you fought for me and how was that. Right, because that's going to be part of the dialogue here as we get to the end, and we kind of bring this all together about uh, learning to speak each other's love language and learning how to battle for each other in a way that actually resonates for your partner better. Yeah, yeah, that would be the second component. And then the third component is what is just one simple commitment that I will make to you, my partner, in terms of fighting for you again or better or more tomorrow. Yep, it's one simple commitment that I'm that I'm making. Yep. And this component of it can be again depending on your level of connection or your level of willingness, we'd hope that that last question could will eventually become a collaborative discussion, right? So, okay, partner, if these things didn't resonate for you today, that's fine. I'm thinking about trying this tomorrow. What do you think about that? Right? Would that resonate better for you? Is that something that would stick out better, right? Because we all at different points, at different times in the recovery process, there are different things that will really resonate versus not. And learning about your part, rather than getting caught up in the shame of feeling or feeling like a failure because you messed it up or because it wasn't something that resonated, this is a discussion not about facts. It's just about how can I learn the other person better and then refine it tomorrow, right? Couples that can navigate these, these set of questions, right? Oh, and the last part of this is then you follow up with it accountability happens at the next check-in this yep. is how that went today and here's the way in which i did that and maybe any others as well and then we rinse and repeat right so the goal here is to be creating an ever refining process of connection you know mark and i we there are a lot of what we call resiliency factors that we see with the couples that that come into our offices some couples come in in a really difficult place where the marriage is hanging on by a thread Others come in where they may be not quite as, as quote unquote, far gone in the process. But I will tell you, if I took two couples, one that's really far gone and one that's maybe not so much, and if if that first couple, the far gone couple, if they are doing this consistently every day, they're thorough about it, they're detailed about it, and they're engaging with the process versus maybe couple B and they choose not to do that, guess who I'm less concerned about? <laughs> Definitely couple A. Right, because they're the ones. When a relationship has healthy trajectory and there is progression happening, even if it's limited, as we say oftentimes, right, the the connection in a relationship is so much more influenced by its direction and its momentum, not necessarily by where it's located right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how that's how we build. Yep. So. Well, go. there you have it. So, <laughs> so uh, that's our that's our assignment to all of you. Is if you're not having uh, really good connecting couple check ins, start here. Start yeah. with these really three super basic questions that we've given you. 
And Absolutely. we, we, we invite you, we dare you to try it, mm-hmm. put it to the test, see what it does, yeah. right? You've, you've got to take action on this yeah. in order to get any, just get it just the littlest forward momentum going, right? Yep. Absolutely. It's kind, of a, it's kind of the law of physics this is the law of relationship physics, right? Mm-hmm. A couple ship in motion tends to stay in motion. Yeah. Got to get some motion. Yep. And if we stay stuck, we're going to stay stuck, right? If we're stuck and we don't change something, then those issues, they just grow. They build and we we start engaging in that negative spiral downward. So anyway, again, guys, we love you. Appreciate you. Again, we'd love to have you come check us out over at Dare to Connect. As always, you're welcome to submit uh, brief questions that we can answer, albeit briefly here on the podcast. Uh, these issues are complicated. They're tough. Um, we appreciate you being here in your patronage. And uh, if you want to take this to the next level, please don't reinvent the wheel. Come join us over at D2C. We'd love to have you and, and take things to the next level for you. But you can submit questions for the podcast at pbscpodcast.com at the contact form at the bottom. All right. Sounds great, everybody. Okay. Have a well, good week, guys. We'll uh, see you next time on PBSE. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.